It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the program. And with me in the KFG studios, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. The tax cuts that came during the Trump administration are scheduled to expire at the end of 2025. That's going to be a big deal. So the question is, should you be planning ahead for the aftermath of when these rules sunset just a couple years from now? We're going to be covering that and more on this episode of the Wise Money Show. It felt like, okay, that's way out there. Yeah, we don't need to worry about it. And then all of a sudden, this tax season, it felt like, oh, oh my goodness, it's right around the corner. Right. And we've been talking about it with our clients. We want to talk about it with you. If you have a question, have any needs for the program from us, we're happy to help. Call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574 574- 222-2000onlinewisemoneyshow.com, and you can submit questions that way as well, as well as learn more about the show and the firm. Um, and then all of our social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search The Wise Money Show. I don't know how you wake up in the morning. Some some people, and I've started this habit this year, I, I, my wake up is go for a run. And then I also need coffee um, to <laughs> wake me up. Some people, they're, you know, I don't understand these people, but they wake up and they're just automatically happy. Um, they just are alert. And then others need to hear some crazy facts about their, our national debt to really just get them alert and awake in the morning. And if that's you, you're about to wake up. (laughs) So we have crossed $31 trillion. Wow. They've got this website that, what is it? National debt clock. I don't have it right in front Mm -hmm. of me, but oh my, oh my lands, $31 trillion. And if you look at it just even over the past, you know, 10 years or by decade, it's just, it's exponential is what's happening right now. Have you ever sat and watched that clock running? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't have a sense for how many millions or uh, maybe it's thousands just every second that's yeah. it's growing, right? And it's, obviously- Okay, I'm, I'm about to leave. We're, uh, <laughs> no, you're supposed to wake up, Mike. We've been, we've been playing chicken with the debt ceiling again and- Ah, gosh, and and guys, this isn't a show about politics, about financial planning, personal financial planning, but it does seem like that's just pandering because there's there's nothing that they're really going to be able to change. Um, so, but when you look at the deficit, at least for 2023, 1.4 billion dollars. That's 23 percent of their overall spending. They've got to borrow. And so Houston, we have a problem. Like there's an imbalance here. It's 1.4 trillion. Trillion? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My my bad. I mean, it's only some extra zeros. Yeah. At that point, it's yeah. all irrelevant. It's hard to. I I don't think the human mind can yeah. really even fathom how big one trillion is. Nope. And so that that's what's so alarming about you know some of the budgeting habits that you know take place in Washington D.C. It's like. Folks, do we even realize what we're doing here? And uh, I, I don't know about you guys. How often do you have clients that come in and they're just alarmed about the debt? Do, do you guys well, get that question very often? Well, yeah, I mean, yes, yes. But the the thing is, how what how stimulated can you stay over a, what period of time? Yeah, all right. Because this this is where it, it it just kind of wears people down and wears them out, and finally they shrug and say, "Well, I'm going to play the game the way the game needs to be played, 
uh, when the music stops, I've got a chair identified. Hopefully I can make it to that chair and sit down. But I'm pretty sure there will be lots of people that won't have a chair when the music stops. Mm -hmm. So you don't have any control over this. You've got a little bit of influence in how you vote. But even that, there's not much. Um, What you do have control over are your own financial decisions and whether your financial house is in order. And my goodness, are we passionate about that, especially, right, because that's the chair Kevin's talking about. And so, okay, it's with that backdrop of what's going on financially for our country that I want to get into this the headliner topic today, and that is current tax rates and tax laws are scheduled to sunset it at the end of 2025. And that's not, you know, eons from now. That's a couple of years. Back in 2017, the Tax Cut and Jobs Act was introduced, sweeping tax law changes. And it, it on average, it saved about $1,200 of tax per person. And we do a lot of taxes. And that was about right. Now, did it save $1,200 for everyone? No, it didn't. Did some people actually pay a touch more? I think I had one or two pastors, I think. Um, but uh, but but for in general, this was a tax. This was a tax savings. Oftentimes, when they make these big tax laws, they say, "Hey, let's pass this thing, and let's draw a line in the sand out there in the future where everything goes back to normal." So if we don't like it, it'll just go back to the way it was. Well, that's coming up. Or if you really do like it, you better reelect us so that we can uh, keep this this party rolling. Yeah. Right. Right. It's an interesting political game that they they play because I mean, ultimately, there are tax increases baked into the tax code right now that if you just if Congress at that time just sits back and does nothing, um, they're gonna they're gonna increase, right? They yeah. don't even have to be the bad guy. They can just point back to, yeah, these are those laws that you know were never made permanent and this is just the way it's gonna be. I actually think there's a growing likelihood of that happening, that no one will be the bad guy. They can actually blame the other the other side and the end effect is you're gonna pay more taxes. So let, risk, let's, yeah. let's get into some of those. What, what are those differences between 20, basically the 2026 tax laws will become the 2017 tax laws if nothing, if nothing has changed. So let's talk about, compare and contrast current tax laws to what they were back in 2017, what they'd sunset back to. I think one that has a lot of planning implications is just a reminder. We, we all need to uh, almost um, kind of go back to the history books here and remind ourselves that back in 2016 and earlier, the tax rates that everybody paid were higher. The, the tax brackets themselves, you know, you, you started out at that time in the 10% tax bracket, and if your income got high enough, you got to the 15% bracket, and after a while, you got up into the 25%, 28 and so on, and you just kept on rolling all the way to 39.6% if you were the highest income um, you know, wage earners at that, at that time. Well, now everyone, almost every single one of these tax brackets got a haircut. They got reduced over these recent years when the Trump tax cuts went into effect. Right now, the tax brackets go 10 to 12 to 22 to 24 and so on. And they cap out at a little bit lower lower rate. If all of those go back to the, where they were before, which technically was a relatively low level yeah. by historical Historically standards, still, right? yeah. but still... If every single tax bracket now is a little bit higher, a little bit bigger tax bite, then everyone ends up paying more taxes uh, in, in the end. 
And that is puzzling to a lot of people because in their minds, out there in, in the future, when I'm retired, I'm going to be in a lower tax bracket, right? Maybe. Maybe you'll be in a lower tier, but what if that tier has a bigger tax bite attached to it? Because the rate itself on your bracket is higher. And so th- this, to me, has a lot of implications. You know, we talk an awful lot about the Roth IRA and what if you could pay your taxes now and have an account that you can draw on tax-free in the future you would care a lot less about what the tax brackets are out there in the future if they do go up, not just going back to the old rules, but what if they went even higher in the future? Roth IRA helps insulate you from that. We're going to get into well, what are the what are the planning implications? Should you make any changes right now based on the potential that these these tax laws sunset? I completely agree, Josh. In the old, uh, currently, you can get all the way through the the fourth tier, and that is you know ten, twelve. 2224 get all the way through the fourth tier and still be paying less in a effective tax rate and overall tax bracket than the third tier in the and the, the old, old tax rules. laws That's that right. might become the new tax laws. Uh Kevin we're uh, approaching a stop here but what other changes uh what are the other differences in the tax rules? Well as Josh mentioned that the the tax rates themselves would increase there, the the salt tax limitations, which uh, is kind of like saying ATM machine, but the, the <laughs> salt limitation of $10,000 for state and local taxes goes away. And right now you say, well, what difference does that make? Well, if, it, if that goes away, I might be less interested in the pass-through entity ability to pay my state taxes at a corporate level instead of a personal level. Now that is, that's a little bit complex. So forgive me for introducing that, but it does mean something if you're a business owner. So, okay. So, and we're winding down to, well, what adjustments do you need to make in your planning today? So a lot more compare and contrast with these tax laws. And then we'll get into that, that more coming up on the wise money show with Corhorn financial group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The clock's a ticking, right? And and we are on path for the tax rules to sunset back to where, where they were back in 2017. The question is, should you be making changes to your finances right now in preparation of that? We're going to help you with that and more. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com, all over social media. Search the Wise Money Show. Okay, current tax laws from the Tax Cut and Jobs Act 2017, they're set to sunset in uh, at the end of 2025. So 2026, the entire all the tax rules will mimic and match what the tax rules were back in 2017. And you might say, oh, that wasn't that long ago. And I bet that's not big of a, that big of a change. It's a huge change. Not only when we already established this, tax rates would go up, tax brackets would be squeezed, they'd be smaller. So rates would go from 10, 12, 22, 24, and so on. They'd go 10, 15, 25, 28. Um, but the brackets themselves actually are tight, would be tighter. And that would be, especially with you know how we have seen these expand due to inflation, if they don't do anything, they contract again, sort of like that accordion. Um, so what are some of the other big changes? Kevin mentioned the salt deduction. Well, he, he kind of sort of went deeper. I would start by saying 
the standard deduction changes and right. personal exemptions. Josh, what about that? Yeah, you know, taxpayers have always had a choice on what type of a write-off they're going to use. They can either take the the free option already built for you, standard deduction that the government allows you to use, which used to be a good amount, and then it became a huge amount, and has gone up even ever since. Today, a married couple can, uh, here in 2023, take a deduction of $27,700. Just by breathing air. That's right. And it's even higher if you're over age 65. They give you a little sweetener. So what that means is uh, less people than ever are actually creating their own write-off, which we refer to as itemized deductions. This is where you can write off things like your medical expenses, your state and local taxes that Kevin was referring to, uh, real estate taxes, that, that kind of thing, even the, the taxes on your vehicle uh, in many states. That stuff was capped, but it's still countable. Mortgage interest is another big one. And then charitable contributions. All these things go into a a calculation to figure out, can you build your own deduction, your own write-off that's better than what the government is offering? Well, the government is offering such a huge one that very few people do that today. But what did it used to be? Yeah. It will go back to 13000 instead of almost 28000 cut by more than half when these rules sunset. And, um, you know, th- these days, more and more people would go back to creating their own deduction. That could be a good thing for, for many. But um, it's, it's for, for some who were never going to be able to build their own itemized deduction anyway, this standard option that is so large right now is a really sweet tax benefit for yeah, them. Yeah, it is. The other thing that would be reintroduced is exemptions. And no one thinks about exemptions anymore unless you're filling out that W-4 because that's one of the questions. How many exemptions? Well, it sort of doesn't even matter anymore. You don't get an, an exemption deduction. Well, in the old world, you did. Every person in the household, what was it, three grand, four grand, something like that, you got this just blanket deduction. A lot of states still offer this, by the way. And so your standard deduction would get cut in half effectively, but a new deduction would be allowed, and that's the personal exemption deduction. Um, but yeah, a big, a big change. My prediction, if this, if it sunsets and everything goes back to the way it was, that will be the year all of the CPAs retire. Yeah. <laughs> because the, the, the amount of changes your tax preparing professional has had to deal with and a number of these changes after the fact it is just overwhelming and when i think okay the personal exemption which was eliminated under the tax cut and jobs act will be reinstated it just it it just makes me tired yeah <laughs> so you might say okay well if the personal exemptions come back i've got three kids or four kids or whatever i'll get a big deduction well hold your horses uh, the child tax credit was expanded significantly from the Tax Cut and Jobs Act and would reset as well. Kevin, what are those rules? Well, Josh, why don't you give this one? So I'm trying to remember what they used to be. Was it's it a thousand, thousand it's a thousand. bucks? It's a thousand. They, Kevin, they I just saw it, it on your computer. I know. <laughs> but so, I just, I'm, I'm so humble. I just want Josh to I, have I appreciate that. five minutes of fame here. So, you know, there have been times, especially during the COVID crisis, where these numbers got expanded even more, right? Mm-hmm. And so if, if all of a sudden you've got uh, child tax credits that go from a couple grand down to a thousand cut in half, I mean, that, those 
tax credits are one of the best parts of the tax return because it literally, after you've calculated your tax, then the credits are applied and they're eliminating tax at that point. It's the most lucrative part of the tax return. So to give up tax credits is a really big deal. Right now, there's a, a new tax credit that came into effect uh, during the, the Trump administration, and, and since then, it's been kind of expanded. $500 for non-children mm-hmm. that are dependents. Uh, that didn't exist prior to, to these rules. So all of a sudden, there may be some credits that don't just get reduced, they get eliminated. Yeah. Uh, another deduction was created, a qualified business income deduction, which is for many small businesses that qualify, many businesses, small businesses do qualify, you get a deduction of 20% of your profits. So think for a business, you've got your revenue, minus your expenses, you get then have your profit, that's what you pay tax on. That's true, but then further down on your tax return, 20% of that profit is now deducted off of your return. Significant tax savings, which I would argue, you know, helps create jobs and and all sorts of things. And so that was introduced and that would reset. Right. And it also helps people keep the entity structure of an S-Corp instead of having this this mass migration from S-Corp to C-Corp. So there are all kinds of reasons why these things uh, have, have occurred. And people have done planning around, well, how do I maximize the qualified business income deduction? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, guys, I, that hits most of the changes. Well, any any others? Well, I think the big one is the estate tax. Yeah. So when when you um, when I started it, my career, the estate tax deduction was six hundred thousand dollars per couple. So together, a couple, if you both use the max coupon, you could pass one point two million dollars to your heirs, federal estate tax free. So you say, well, what is the federal estate tax? Well, when you die, they take everything that you own and they add it up, plus any life insurance proceeds that were received, and there's a number of other things, and they say, okay, above this threshold, uh, the federal government is going to take their chunk. And um, those numbers have grown, and it looks like if it's sunsetted, like today, think in terms of about 24 million, but if it's sunsetted, it will go back to about so three or five. Yeah, I think think somewhere in the in in that neighborhood. It could be three to five to seven. So it, it it's going to be a number. Yeah, and much less than what it is. Much today. less than what it is today. And so if your net worth is twenty five million today, you're feeling somewhat safe. Um, there was a season where um, it. As the Biden administration took over, everyone was concerned that by the end of uh, 2022, I think everything was going to get changed. Maybe it was 2021. Everything was going to change. And so there was some panic and people talking about uh, different ways of doing uh, generation skipping transfer trusts or uh, other things like that in order to... Uh, reduce estate taxes, but then that never happened. And so everyone's like, well, I'll start panicking again in about September of 2025. And I'm telling you, if you if you do feel panicked about this, start panicking now because it will take that long for your attorney and your financial planner to work together to get you situated. Yeah, figure it all out. 
you know, I, I think the most tragic change that's going to happen is we'll no longer be able to file our taxes on a postcard. <laughs> is that terrible or what? Uh, I'm, I'm so gonna glad miss you that. brought that up. I'm so, so glad. Now, of course, up. I'm being completely facetious because tax planning has gotten more complicated as the years have gone on, even though it was supposed to get more simple. Your tax return has gotten fatter because they tried to put it on a postcard and instead they they added a bunch of schedules and oh i still anytime i'm looking at a tax return i go to the old view thankfully this a lot of the software still has that all right so those are the law changes and the compare and contrast now the question is what's the likelihood of this the these laws sunsetting and what should you be doing about it we've got that more coming up on the wise money show with corhorn financial group This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Financial planning is all about being proactive in your financial situation. And if we knew that the current tax laws were set to change three years from now, how would you proactively apply that in your financial life today? We're going to help you with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of The Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel. Go check it out as well as a lot of other content. Go to YouTube, search The Wise Money Show, and subscribe. Follow us there. Guys, we've been talking about the likelihood, or not the likelihood. We're going to get to that right now. But the um, how the tax laws would change if they do sunset at the end of 2025. What are the chances this happens? What, what, do, you, what do you guys think? Oh, man. I, I feel like... None of us should even try to have the crystal ball on this one. Um, who knows? But I just behave, I assume, as if it is going to sunset. Maybe not in its entirety, though. I, I assume that some things will get rescued and and preserved because there were some good changes, and uh, many of them were good changes. But at the end of the day, if there's going to be any kind of political pressure to try to um, raise taxes or anything like that. This is an automatic, easy one for Congress to do without looking bad. They can just not act. And in doing so, they effectively raise taxes on pretty much all Americans. Okay. I'm going to go on the record here. Say it's a hundred percent chance. That it will sunset? It will sunset. Okay. I'm saying that. And I'm also saying the next change to the 529 plan is you'll be able to put a certain portion of your 529 plan directly into your HSA. But that's for a different show. Oh, wow. I like this, Kevin. Are you running for Congress, too? I uh, like it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, that sounded like a campaign speech almost. Like, uh, this is going to happen. We're going to do it, folks. Uh, and a chicken in every pot. <laughs> uh, I wonder if the next election has a big will will play a big role in this as well. But... Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say I'm 100%, but I'm assuming that this will be the case. But here's the thing. You've got to plan for an uncertain future. Always. Always. So this isn't unique. And therefore, I wouldn't set and in, in reorient your entire financial life that this is going to happen. And therefore, I've got to change everything right now. I wouldn't, and even Kevin at 100%, I don't think would say that because your financial life or your financial future, there's always an element of, well, we, we don't know. So give yourself as many options as possible. Knowing that there is, th that the current law is that the laws will change. 
how should this influence your planning today? Which is a great question because because the question is if I should if I should either continue on a, a particular strategy that I'm pursuing or if I should change my course, will my course change be detrimental to my financial life? And so then I would say, well, if that would be the case, don't do it. So if you're looking at this and saying, hey, I've got three children and the the child tax credit's going to be cut in half. Do I work on having six children between now and 2025? <laughs> I would say, well, you might you might want to reconsider that. Uh, talk to your financial planner and your doctor. And um, so there there are certain and your spouse. <laughs> Yeah. Not necessarily <laughs> that order. <laughs> yeah. So, so you might, so you might say, well, there are limits to what I'm willing to do. But I, so to me, there, there, there are two things that just, just jump right off the page, just because of folks we're dealing with right now. The estate tax. Okay. Right now, I just talked with a client yesterday. Um, this person dies. Um, today, they're fine. This person dies January first, twenty twenty six. Uh, Houston, we have a problem because if the state tax rate uh, exemption amount comes down meaningfully, they're going to be into that. So what what would that person do if you're concerned about the these things? One of the things you would do is you definitely want to look at updating your estate plan. Some of these things can be done as as simply uh, if you're close, you might be able to get it done just by gifting. And so I say, okay, well, if I'm going to pivot my strategy and start gifting, what does that look like? This year, you can give $17,000 uh, to anyone and uh, without having any kind of gift tax uh, issues. Yeah. So for this person in particular, my recommendation was, all right, take that $17,000. You have a $17,000 spend and pretend you had three uh, – beneficiaries are these three beneficiaries because the question is if you died tomorrow would each of these three beneficiaries be uh well suited to inherit their portion of your assets well suited as in are, are they prepared uh, with the skill and character and everything needed to manage it? is that what you're talking about no i'm saying there are two things needed to manage money you need skill and character. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so um, totally different than what you're saying, Josh. <laughs> Along those lines, Josh. But no. So yeah. So this is the question: Do they have those? Because as we've said, you can have one of those or both of those at 18, and you can lack one or both at 68. Hmm. So skill and character are not necessarily age related. And so as as I was talking with this client. They were saying, well, you know what, uh, w this one is really super responsible, and I don't have any concerns about this one. But this other one, now, and I'm not using gender, so, so no one will be able to figure out who in the world I'm talking about. But they said this other one, that, that other, um, they spend all of the money before it's ever made. Hmm. And I said, well, do you think that would continue? And... If you look at this, if you say that I, I, my personal experiences, I don't have any experience with inheriting money personally, um, but I have vicariously inherited money hundreds of times, mm -hmm. and it does seem like the mo the most difficult money to hold on to is inherited wealth, and so the the nice thing about a gifting strategy is you could get you could get your 
uh, beneficiaries started. So on that $17,000, here's the, here's the picture. I just drew it up. It's real simple. The first dollars go to, come on, the financial planner. I'm biased, but I said if they don't have the skill and character, you need to hire a financial planner for them. Yeah. So the, the, I thought you were saying the financial planner needed to be the beneficiary. No, no, no. No, no, no. They, but do you hire a financial planner on their behalf. Got it. With the, with them, that you say here here's your money. Uh, the first dollars you're going to spend is you're going to hire a financial planner because you got to work on that skill and character piece. Then you could fund a Roth IRA if you're in the state of Indiana. It might be it might behoove you to open up that 529 plan as uh, Mike was talking about yep. on, on a show a while ago and say hey get that get it open. Get started funding it. That that money might end up at some point in time uh, funding a Roth IRA for one of the beneficiaries. It might be paying off some student loans. Might go into an HSA. Who knows? So and 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 then you just keep working through what would this uh, beneficiary be funding? Because if that young beneficiary can fund tax favored investments now, the power in those tax favored investments is that money growing over a long period of time. And it's it's quite likely that if these uh, beneficiaries are in their 20s, they don't have a lot of extra dough sitting around to fully fund a Roth 401k option or an HSA or fill in the blank. So all those things that you were just sharing, those are strategies for people who could potentially get caught by an estate tax problem after the sunset happens. Yep. So, so I'm saying gift the money to your beneficiaries and help your beneficiaries in, invest that money well. It's not, here's this money, go blow it. It's here's this money, and it's going to be basically a bike with training wheels uh, to get you used to having extra money around. Sure. Um, to me, most families right now, their estate plan doesn't have to be super elaborate because of the tax laws that exist at this moment. You know, you're allowed to leave behind what feels like a gazillion dollars. Um, mm-hmm. It's what, north of 24, 25 million, something like that, maybe pushing 26 now, uh, that a, a married couple can leave behind with no estate tax issues mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. So you don't even have to have real clever, creative, uh, planful estate plan, uh, you know, strategies in, in place and you'll be fine. But that number is coming way down after yeah. this, mm-hmm. this sunset. And so all of a sudden, some families that have, uh, you know, accumulated a good amount of wealth, they're going to be caught potentially if they're not prepared to update their estate plan along the way or be implementing the kind of things that Kevin was just referring to. Yeah. There's, I, I actually wouldn't have thought we were going to start with estate planning, but glad we did. There's lots of other ways that you could be preparing right now for this tax law sunset. We've got that more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. This is The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFC studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory, every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast wherever you listen. I actually, I can't keep up with podcasts. There's just so many. I think I could, uh, maybe that's my job. I could probably do eight hours a day of listening to podcasts and uh, I'd feel filled up and maybe a little bit smarter 
but no one would pay do you me think to that, do that job exists no no and if so no no, no 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 it, listen <laughs> if i get to pick my own my, my job it's um it's it's pizza tester we we drove <laughs> by we were going to a travel baseball tournament drove by this huge domino's warehouse and cindy and i were pretending that they had a room in there of pizza testers <laughs> and i was gonna yeah. apply i i would i need a shoehorn to fit in the bathtub <laughs> if i was uh, one of those so i yeah i i think um it's important when you when you think about this. I don't know if we're picking back up with estate planning or where we're going with this, but go ahead. Oh yeah, I got it. Uh, so <laughs> check, check out the Wise Money Shows on on, uh, on podcast wherever you listen. Search Wise Money Show. Subscribe to it there. Yes, we are picking up the topic, Kevin. We we're talking about <laughs> tax laws sunsetting and whether you should be planning right now for it. And we've already said it seems like there's a really good chance that this happens. Therefore. Don't make permanent changes in your financial life that would be fantastic if this law did sunset, but detrimental if it didn't. But really look at, well, mm -hmm. what would be an improvement if the tax laws change and actually still be a benefit if you if you did it now anyway? And we were talking a lot about the estate planning uh, implications of this. And Josh mentioned uh, off air that, gosh, this is one of the rare reasons that doesn't get highlighted that often that your CFP needs to be collaborating and working with your attorney, your estate planning attorney to make sure that you're getting the right counsel, the right guidance. I look, well, Josh, keep going. What are some other implications? What's something else that you should be doing right now within your financial life if these tax laws do sunset? You know, for my entire career, I've been warning clients that throughout history, if you look at tax rates, they are constantly swinging back and forth from the low end of the spectrum to the high end of the spectrum and everywhere in between. And I've been warning that we're at the low end of the spectrum. And every time I go on record and declare that, Congress uh, lowers the rates even further. But one of these days, I'm going to be right, and we really are going to see the, sure. the, the low point, and rates are going to start drifting higher again. At some point, I'm going to be. I'm going to be right. Josh has this confidence because we've been saying interest rates are going up our entire life, and it, that's that's my other blunder. That's so, right. <laughs> well, I, th I thought Believing. maybe that gave you some conviction. That see, I've been saying it for 22 years. I'm finally right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, broken clock, I guess. But but here's the point: if you believed that there's more upside potential on tax rates, things will are more likely to go up than to go down from the rates that we enjoy right now then to me, anything that you can do to pay your taxes at these low rates and avoid them in the future when we could potentially be in a higher higher tax situation, that's a strategy worth paying attention to. Yep. And uh, of course, the one that uh, is often at the top of our list when we're talking about prepaying your tax essentially is a Roth IRA. That could be taking money that you are earning this year and contributing it after you've already paid your tax, getting it into this Roth IRA and just letting it grow, contributing it into you know investment accounts that are are growth oriented, not something that's real calm and safe and stable. That that may be important for some port, parts of your portfolio, but a Roth IRA that has years, maybe decades to grow, give it the ability to uh, truly give you exponential or compounding growth over time. And the beauty is that when you pull money out of the Roth IRA in retirement, uh, presumably, you're going to be using that money tax-free at that time. 
And uh, I, I've often, um, I had a client one time say that they compared the Roth IRA to a forever stamp. And I loved the metaphor at the mm-hmm. time. She happened to work for the post office. Mm-hmm. So of course, that's where she her mind went. But it's like once you've got a whole roll of forever stamps, it doesn't matter what they do to the price of stamps because you know my stamp is good, right? And that's how the Roth IRA works for you as well. So normally within when you're comparing and contrasting whether you fund your retirement pre-tax or Roth, pre-tax, if you're in a high tax bracket today and low tax bracket tomorrow, you win. And for the Roth IRA, if you're in a low tax bracket today, you don't care what tax rates are in the future, right? And yes, technically, if tax rates are higher in the future, then you win, but you actually don't care. And so I think if I were to say just really quickly, and we can dive into these more, but three things that you should consider within your financial plan to help prepare for the potential that tax rate sunset, Roth contributions, Roth conversions, use a 529 plan. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they all have similar features. The Roth contribution, like Josh said, you might be in the 22% tax bracket today. That's the third tier. And you might say, oh, that feels high. Well, compare that to the 25% tax bracket, which is the third tier. Or even if you're in the 24, contributing to the Roth 401k, that may be a better tax rate to pay taxes at so that you're avoiding 25 or 28% out there in the future. Along with those contributions, I would consider shifting your matching contributions to be Roth, which is now a thing, actually. Most, I don't know of anyone that's able to do it just yet, but legally you can. Shift your matching contributions from your employer into the Roth. Consider that simple IRA. Now you can have a simple Roth IRA at some point soon. It's legal um, once it's a, once it's available. So make I would consider have your having your contributions be Roth. If you're on the bubble, knowing that these tax laws could change, I would consider Roth contributions. And and we serve a lot of retirement plan participants. And you know Mike's talking about this whole Roth thing, and and um, I do think it, it the Roth IRA is his favorite child for sure. But but the thing is with this whole there are people that aren't paying any federal taxes that are contributing today pre-tax to their retirement plan. So this is where you need to be working with your financial planner who does tax planning because if you're if you're not working with a financial planner, if you're working with someone who just sells investments and they say, "Hey, I I don't give you tax advice. Go get that from uh, the person that prepares your taxes." that you you probably need to be looking for a planner, make sure that planner is certified and get this figured out. Especially as it relates to the second point, which was Roth conversions. Mm -hmm. It seems like it was slow at first, but I've had more and more people convert into the 24% tax bracket because we're getting closer to that 24% tax bracket being 28% Mm -hmm. or even, you know, higher than that. That's right. Uh, Similar. There may be some listening today who have recently inherited money from a family member that maybe it was an IRA or a 401k or something like that, and you've been given a 10-year window that you have to pull money out of those accounts. You've got to completely clean them out. And that's uh, due to, what was that Secure Act 2.0 or 7.0? I, I can't remember. 1.0, uh, actually. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, the, the, the point, though, is you don't have an, the rest of your life to pull the money out of that inherited IRA. 
but you also don't have to take the full 10 years necessarily. So what if you needed to front end load some of those withdrawals, if that made sense for you from a tax standpoint, just because we know what the tax rates are today, we won't we don't technically know what they're going to be in 2026. We know what they're scheduled to be, but will that play out? That's everybody's guess, and we've gone on record uh, earlier in the show yeah. to give our, our guess. But the, the point is you always want to plan based on the things that you know, and this is just one of those places where working with your certified financial planner and your CPA to do multi-year tax projections this that ultimately is the answer to this question. What should you do yeah. about these sunsetting rules? Get started planning right now because there may be some things that uh, you have at your fingertips right now, strategies that could go away in the next couple of years. Don't burn through some opportunities by not paying attention. That, that's that's exactly right. And if you have the ability to fund a Roth IRA, your 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 income's not too high, then I would capture that so you've got dollars growing tax sheltered, tax free. The other one that we haven't mentioned yet is the health savings account. And you might say, well, wait a second, if tax rates are going up, I, I don't necessarily need the deduction now. I want it in the future. No, no, no. That that game would be getting as much money growing tax sheltered and future tax free as possible which is what the HSA is. And certainly, if you can fund an HSA out there after tax rates go up, you'll want to do that too. But funding it now in anticipation of these tax law changes makes a ton of sense. Work with your CFP. All right, that's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Oh, my word. I can't wait. I am not smart (laughs) enough to do this. I say that every day. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.